welcome to another episode of the First Round Podcast with your boy Jeff Jackson. And joining me today, of course, my homeboy, my partner. Hey, the Louisville Slugger, Mr. GQ. Mr. GQ in the house. Hey, What's up with you, boy? I'm all right, man. Just cool and enjoying my day. How about you? Man, I can't complain, bro. We're here for another episode. Episode two, fam. That's right, man. I'm ready to talk about some sports, and I'm ready to talk about some real-ass shit. You, so, uh, what you what you what you doing right now, fam? I'm I'm getting everything set up, man, for for the note. So here, so you know we on camera, right? I know we on camera. Oh, they okay, can see me. Yeah, <laughs> I say I'm multitasking because you know, like on these podcasts, you know, people be right. on on the laptop and they be on everything. So I'm multitasking. So okay. something, man, that we want to talk about, we're gonna get real in depth with the podcast. Is <clears throat> in your book, you talked about at the end of the career that you fell out of love. With the game, you right. still respected it, right. but you didn't love it. As far right. as like, you don't watch none. Right. You don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I knew you for you know eight years or something like that before I even knew that you played baseball. Right. So we're gonna talk about that a lot of that. You know how baseball was a savior. It was your first love, but also now you have no interest in it. So in like in your book, you know you talked about it, mm-hmm. and some people might be like, "Oh, he he's fucking bitter." So it's good that right. we're here now, and you can talk. And in each episode, we're gonna talk about more and more. You know why he loved the game, but also why he doesn't love the game, right. and, and, and his many reasons why he feels that way. I agree with you. Um, yeah, man, I really don't uh, watch the game anymore. I figured once I retired, you know, what was the point? You know, I'm not a coach. You know, I'm not playing. So, you know, only time I really watched the game was when I was watching probably a friend playing or a homeboy or something like that. Yeah. But if I didn't have somebody particularly that I knew uh, actually playing in the game, I didn't watch it. You know, and, not, yeah. and it's not because I'm, I'm bitter. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people probably would think that, you know, he don't talk about the game. He don't coach. Or he don't, you know, participate. In the game these days, just because of uh, bitterness, and that's just not the case. It was, I, I always felt like I was more than a baseball player. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest, I actually couldn't wait till my career was over so that I could pursue other things. Hell yeah! So when it was over, you know, I decided just to uh, shift gears and just live my life as a regular person, and not, you know, even though I think you know, had I did pursue a career in baseball. Um, it would have been very successful just because, you know, my name alone, you know what I mean? But, you know, a lot of people think I'm crazy at the same time because I don't coach baseball or participate in baseball or use my name in any way, you know. But right. that's just a personal choice, you know. I think uh, it's more than life than just, you know, baseball. And, you know, um, I did that for the first half of my life. And once it was over, it was over, you know. So it's time to move on and do some other things, you know what I mean? That's right. Speaking of those other things, man, when you left baseball, mm-hmm. I found this interesting because you don't you don't see this shit, especially like from an athlete. You did a full transition and and what what uh what field of work did you end up in after uh, baseball? Well, it took some time, you know. I don't want to sit up and say as soon as uh the you know, I hung up my cleats that I jumped on uh, a career. Nah, bro, I had went through a transition. Yeah. A hard one is that because what people don't understand is that when you prepare for something, you know, your whole life, and then when it's taken away or if it's over or when it's over, you know, first of all, that's something that you got to deal with on a mental level. You don't understand what I'm saying? You got to process, process the fact that everything you work for your whole life is over now. Right. So- it's not a situation where you just say, all right, I'm done with baseball. I'm, I'm doing this next. You know what I mean? So, you know, I call, I call it going through the dark night of the soul. You know, I'm not the only person that probably went through this. I'm probably only the person that names it this, though. And what I mean by the dark night of the soul, I mean just after the game is over, you're going to go through some shit, bro. You got to figure out what you want to do next, your next move, because like I said, you prepared for that uh, situation your whole life. And, right. you know, you probably didn't really have anything to fall back on. So, you know, with me, luckily um, – you know, after going through the dark night of the soul, I kind of let my career come to me, you know, uh, meaning that uh, I do consultant work and also I day trade. And for those who don't know what day trading is, that's pretty much like, um, you know, I, I play the stock market, you know. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm what you call a scalper. You know, I go in and get a little cash every day. You know, I'm, I'm not there for the long haul. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody got their own method of doing it, but that's my method. You know, that seems to be uh, successful for me. 
But um, yeah, man. After the after the game was over, I just took some time out to just trying to figure it out, man. And you know, luckily I was able to come through on the other side on a positive note. And from there, you know, I kind of just let my uh, career come to me. And which, like I said, I have a consulting company called First Round Sports Entertainment Consulting. Um, I got the book out now. I got merchandise out. You know, I day trade. You know, I got a couple things going on. You know what I mean? But uh, in the book, you talked about working in a clothing store, right? That, it's, a, it's a crazy, you know, an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, going from playing sports to selling high-end uh, clothes <laughs> and Melrose. Mm. It's just some shit that you don't fucking see. Nah, you don't see it. And the yeah. thing is, man, it was crazy. I mean, I I didn't choose the job. The job actually chose me, you right. know, but it was the, uh, you know, I would say it was the perfect time, you know, because yeah. I was actually looking for work and just looking to live a regular lifestyle. I wasn't looking for anything in sports. Right. Um, in the sports field, you know, I just wanted to work a regular, normal nine to five. And luckily for me, um, you know, it came at the right time. Because like I said, when I first came out here, I just wanted to uh, support my family. Yeah, because like when I first met you, I thought you was a stylist or worked in fashion and shit. Because <laughs> right. you was like, like, yeah, I'm coming back from the store right now. And then you was talking right. about different clothes and shit or whatever. I was like, oh, shit, okay. I thought you was like in the industry type shit. Or whatever, and then like I years guess later, considered the industry, you know. Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. I mean, I wasn't like a stylist or anything like that. I was just right. working, you know, regular, a normal, you know, nine to fiver, bro. And that was something uh, I actually enjoyed because you know it was my first time. I never had a real job before in my life. I, I didn't get a real job until I was what 35, 30. That's something that's crazy. Like yeah. filling out an application is like for job skills, high school, mm-hmm. MLB. Nothing. It's like, yeah. oh shit! Like, where can we put this dude? Like, no, like formal, like training, customer service. It's like, fuck. Like, all right, whatever, man. Like, whatever you got to do. Yeah, and you know what? Going into that, I knew that was uh, something I was gonna have to face. You know, right? As far as like going into a job interview, being, you know, in my mid thirties, early thirties, and never having no job experience. I thought they would just assume that I was a drug dealer, right? My whole life. Hell yeah! And it was, and, and the crazy part is. You know, I still have reservations about putting up about the application my uh, my baseball career. You know, I didn't. Yeah. Because I didn't. I for one reason I didn't want to think. Um, I didn't. I didn't want them to think I was special. You know, that's what I was trying to break away from. I didn't want to put that on there and come in there with the type of attitude where they thought, or at least I thought they thought I thought I was somebody special. You know what I'm saying? So I was kind of hesitant to actually put that on my uh, resume, but I didn't have any choice. And with that, you know, because the the internet really wasn't popping like that. You just really right. couldn't Google motherfucker. So you could have put like, oh, yeah, I work for the Phillies as mm-hmm. like a fucking scout, a manager or some shit. You could have been like, yeah, I work for the front office or something like that. You could have finessed yeah. them like that versus putting like I was actual player and all that. I ain't think about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I probably could have finessed them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the end of the day, my truth is my truth. You that's know right. I mean? That's Sometimes right. Sometimes I just got to own up to it and stop running from it, you know. And Hell, that's yeah. kind of been... My problem, you know, since I retired, just trying to live a normal life. And it's hard to find a balance, bro, because to be honest, um, you know, I, I'll say maybe maybe about a year ago, maybe two years ago, um, I thought I wanted to go speak to a therapist, you know, okay. just because um, I was kind of confused as far as like who I, am, who I am as a person, you know, because the thing is, I, I see myself as just regular Jeff. I mean, nothing more, nothing less. But then other people see me as, you know, Jeff Jackson, the baseball star. You know what I mean? And so what happened for a time, I was totally confused. I didn't know who I was because I strictly, literally, you know, saw myself as just, you know, a regular guy. You know, that's how I see myself on a daily basis. But then I get reminded, you know, in my past when, I, you know, I get the um, the inboxes, inbox messages. I get the uh, autograph requests. I get the interview requests. Yeah. And then that reminds me who I am. But. You know, for a while I struggled because, like I said, I just wanted to be normal. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just got to be who I am and, you know, love it and, you know, embrace it instead of just running from it and hiding from it and being too humble about the situation. Did they offer y'all therapy when you was in the league? No. Damn. And, um, you know, I'm sure I could have benefited from it too. You know what I mean? I wonder, like, it's weird because I hear, like, NBA players saying, like, in that era, like, yeah, I had to go see 
a therapist. So was it that they just didn't offer it in baseball in general, or they only gave it to the uh, major league? Um, mm, I think it was probably around. It was available, but you had to seek it out. It wasn't nothing like right in your face. You know, you got to think about back in the in the day. This was like in the eighties, nineties. A lot of people mm-hmm. were like. Um, only crazy motherfuckers yeah, go to therapy. Yeah, yeah, But the yeah. thing is, you know, people was ashamed. If they was going through some shit, they went through it quietly. You know, right. they, that wasn't something that, they, you know, people didn't go seek out help back then. So I think I fell in that category. You know, Even though I needed to talk to somebody, I just didn't have the courage to go to actually go talk to someone because I didn't want anybody to think I was, like, insane or anything like that. You know what I mean? Hell, yeah. So did you end up going to the therapist last year? Uh, No. Okay, why I not? Fig- I, I just figured it out myself. You know That's what it up? is, man? Um, You know, I... And this should sound crazy. I don't. I don't recommend this for anybody. You know. I feel like if you know, you have mental issues, or you know, you feel like you need to go talk to somebody. By all means, reach out. Go ahead and talk to someone. You know. I just decided to just go within, bro. You know, because the thing is with a therapist, they give you a certain kind of tools to use. You know what right. I'm saying to get through. I guess whatever situation you're going through. But I think you can like figure it out yourself. You can always tap into it when you need to tap into it. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a therapist may explain something that you might not quite get or understand and might not grasp as much. So, you know, you may have a hard time with that uh, process. You know what I'm saying? But I think if you can go within and figure it out for yourself, then, um, you know, it's something that you can tap into readily because it's something that you kind of created and came up with. You understand? You're a little bit more familiar with the process. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So I decided not to go. I went in. I went. I, I went within, and um, you know, I just did a lot of talking to myself, a lot of prayer. And the thing is, number one, and this is what I want to tell everybody out there. I think whenever you want some change or you want to see different results with anything, you got to change your mindset first. It all starts at the mindset. You know what I'm saying? So once I changed my mindset, then I was able to. Uh, you know, I guess deal with my problems on my own. I didn't really need a therapist at that point because, you know, it was a simple change of mindset. And what I mean by that is um, whatever I thought I was, whatever, um, you know, I told myself about myself to make uh-huh. me feel any type of way, I just, uh, I reversed it. So if I thought I was bad at something, just like even with this podcast, bro, you know, um, I don't like doing interviews, right? Yeah. And so uh, what happened was, um, I got an uh, invite. This is right before I did your interview. I think okay. I, I, I think I talked about this on the last episode. I'm, I'm going to try not to repeat a lot of stuff that I repeated on the last episode, but I'm saying this to make a point. What was my point? <laughs> about You said right before you did my podcast, you oh, had another okay. like, yeah, request. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about mindset. So what happened was, since I don't like doing um, interviews, what I did is the night before the interview, I just told myself, like, yo, I'm about to kill this interview. This is going to be the best interview I ever fucking had in my life. So I started feeding myself that type of energy, right? Right. And lo and behold, the best interview I ever fucking did, right? That's what's up. And so the same thing with this podcast. When you asked me to be on your show, I had to. Uh, I didn't want to do it, but I did it because you're my homeboy, right? Because, like I said, it wasn't anything personal. I just doesn't. I just really don't like right. doing interviews, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I'm, like I said, when I did it, I'm glad I did it, and... The night before, went in my same bag again as far as telling myself how dope the podcast was going to be. Turned out pretty dope. And that's when I got the confidence to say, you know what? I should probably do my own shit. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. And with that, I told myself that this is going to be like the dopest podcast. I know the first episode probably comes off a little rocky, a little shaky because it was my first episode. But I think as time goes on, I can't do nothing but get better. That's right. Yeah. And I'm going to feed myself that. You understand? So I'm going to... So, Anybody out there listening, I think, you know, we control what we think. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me let me ask you this, Q. Have you ever had a situation where you had to kind of like psych yourself out to, you know, make you seem like, um, I don't know, I want to say bigger than what you were, but just to psych yourself out for a situation so that you can go in and handle it, you know, on a, yeah. on a, on a proper. And uh, then I also used to do it too, like before I used to do like auditions or whatever, I would have mm-hmm. my peoples hit me up like, yo, I need some words of encouragement. But now like shit, I just... Say it to myself, you yeah. know, especially like if I'm getting ready to go do work with somebody. Like it all depends too, because like everybody can't good get fucking grade A dick. Some ladies <laughs> need to get fucking C's and D's. Everybody can't be on the fucking on the road, right? And shit. So yeah, man. So mm. I didn't even give myself no fucking pep talk on this on this one, but afterwards I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know what you just did. 
you know, yeah, I, I do get myself the pep talk though. Yeah, hey man, you know, you got to use it for yeah. you know, um, I guess when it's needed. You know, if that's mm-hmm. if that's what you need at the time, you know, not mad at that, bro. Yeah, you asked you know and I told. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know if we was gonna go there, but you know, you. I'm honest with my shit. Nah, that's why I fuck with you, bro. <laughs> that's why I got you on the show. That's why I fuck with you. It's the GQ. Yeah. He gonna keep it a bean with y'all a hundred percent all the time. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I keep it a bean. His bean is a little different. <laughs> His bean a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I, I I still got a you know a few kids out there that probably listen to what I'm saying, but you know. Yeah. Well, they'll be giving themselves the same pep talk in a couple of years. So yeah, so that's true. <laughs> you know, we all human. We grown. So yeah. you know, this ain't for the kids. Any well, it is and it's not. You know. Yeah. So some news yeah. came out that PETA are putting a request that the MLB ban the term bullpen. Mm. Can you tell the people in baseball terms what is a bullpen? First and foremost, that's crazy <laughs> as hell, man. It is. PETA need to calm the fuck down. PETA need to chill the fuck out, man. Yeah. They, they go too hard for everything. You, know? <laughs> you can't even... <laughs> Shit, man. What you gonna have to change the name of a cowboy in a minute, right? Right. Yeah. And then change the name of sports teams and shit if it's yeah. named after an animal and shit. Well they tried that. I know they was tripping well, I don't know if it was Peter, but I know back in the day the Redskins called Flack. Oh yeah. Well yeah, that they they changed their name last year. They the Washington football team. Oh, really? And and then the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, they called it too. Now they are the Cleveland Guardians. Get the fuck. Stupid playing. ass name. Stop like, playing. Yeah. Like, I, I understand, like, changing from the Indians or whatever, but the Guardians, like, yo, I'll play for the Guardians. Like, bro. That's yeah. on their uniform? Yeah, they're the Guardians now. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Shit's weak as fuck. They announced that shit, like, not even six months ago. It's recent. Yeah. Damn. I, yeah. That goes to show how much I don't watch the game, bro. Yeah, they're I the Guardians no now. <laughs> that shit sounds so weak. It is. But, yeah, this Peter shit, man, they need to chill, man. I mean, the bullpen basically is just where the pitchers hang out. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Doing, doing the game, you know. The pitchers don't sit on the bench unless you're oh, pitching that game. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought the pitchers uh, all chill. Oh, so why yeah, don't, so, yeah, why don't the, they? The pitchers do all chill together, but uh-huh. in the bullpen. No, I'm saying I thought the pitchers was like chilling with the the, all the whole team, the outfielders. Nah. Why, why they get to be off in their own little zone? Because they may have to get ready in any time. So what happens uh, in okay. the bullpen? They have a a, a mound and a, a pitching rubber down there, so those guys they can are warm practicing up. the shit. Yeah, yeah they, they, they ah, down okay, there practicing okay, okay. and working on ah. certain shit. You know, so they can't do that in the dugout. So they don't even sit with us. So that's the pitchers' home. That's ah. their den, the, the the bullpen. So Peter, if you out there listening. Y'all weak. Bro. Relax. Relax, <laughs> Relax. For real. It's just a bullpen. Hell yeah. Damn, man. I can't believe it. Are you serious, bro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Peter, chill, bro. It's not like you, you know, nobody's hurting nobody. Now I can understand if it was a real bull down in the pen. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and then they beating the bull ass and stabbing <laughs> them was doing what they do with bulls, you know. Yeah. But damn, just to call it a bullpen, I don't know, Peter. Y'all reaching for y'all? That's a reach, man. Big reach, big big reach. So on the last damn. episode, you talked about was it Martinsville, Virginia? Yeah, that was Martinsville. Yeah, Virginia. you was in you was in Martinsville. You stayed with the host family, mm-hmm. and then you was there for a year. Mm. Next season, you were still with the Phillies, but with a, in a different team, a different city. Where'd you end up at? Man, I was in upstate New York, a little small town called Batavia. Okay, all right. Cause I, I did a little time in upstate New York back in the day. What's like the okay. closest city upstate that you was close to? Like major, like big city. Major city? That's a good question. Cause I really don't know the major cities up there. I can just name a few cities I've been to. Cause, cause all right, so Albany is that considered a big a major city? Yeah, that's the capital too. Yeah, okay, I guess yeah. upstate. Cause all right, where I was at was probably like an hour or so outside of Buffalo. It mm-hmm. was close to fucking. Okay, I, I've been to Buffalo too. Yeah, it was close to shit. Uh, all that water and, and shit is. Oh, uh, oh Niagara, Niagara Falls. Falls yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't too far okay. from Niagara Falls. Right. And then, like, you crossed this bridge and you was in, like, Pennsylvania and shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all right there. I was bro. up there and shit, like, years ago. I'll never go back and shit. But, did, you yeah. get, did you get a chance to go to Niagara Falls? No, nah, I never went. My stepdad was from up there. You didn't so, go to Niagara Falls, man? No, nah, we never went. Like, we drove and, like, we went to that little bullshit ass town and just chilled yeah. there. Like, a couple times we may have went to. 
like Buffalo, but no, nah, mm. we know it's Niagara Falls, none of Damn, that type of shit. Damn, you kind of missed out, bro. That's it's the all whole good. point. Yeah, it's know. all good. I'll but, never want to. I'm never going back to that little shitty ass fucking town anyway. So it's all <laughs> come good. Come on now. <laughs> no, I mean my step my stepdad died in '97. Oh, I am not tripping. I, no, I I be forgetting that he's dead for real. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but the last time I went up, it was like '99, and I think his mom was dead, <laughs> and everybody else is gone. But Damn. yeah, that, that town was like shit. I remember going up there. For y'all, spring y'all break, please excuse GQ, but go ahead for G. being honest. Yeah, I went over for spring break and it like snowed and shit. I'm like, bro, I could have stayed in Kentucky where it's warm in the spring. Yeah, that ain't and then cool. my, I was mad because my peoples went to Hawaii. I'm like, bro, y'all went to Hawaii and left us and shit. Yeah, yeah, they weak for that, but super, yeah. super weak, man. So you was in upstate New York. What was the name of that town? Uh, the town I played in was Batavia. Oh yeah, Batavia. I got a chance to hang out. Of, you know, I went to Rochester too. Rochester. New oh York. yeah, yeah, Rochester nearby. Yeah, yeah. So. because uh, the Kodak factory is up there. Like, it's like the big thing where everybody like works at and shit. Like the best job. Is it really? Yeah, Kodak and shit. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to check that out, man. I didn't. I didn't get. A, I was up there for a whole another reason. Yeah. yeah. So, so what? What was upstate New York like? Cold. <laughs> uh, oh, so also during but. Yeah, even during the, the summer. Yeah, it was it was summertime, but not nah, you know what? Let me take that back. It wasn't cold. Um, it did rain a lot. It seemed a little gloomy. It seemed like um, you know, only reason I'm comparing it now because I'm out in California and I kind of you know live around trees and mountains and you know real nature. You know, whereas um, a city like that was a lot of concrete, a lot of buildings. Right. So um, you know, if I'm making any comparison. I don't want to say it was whack, but you know, I didn't. I mean, that shit was weak as fuck. It's upstate New York. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, now is it, they say it's better, like upstate, yeah. like Buffalo and shit, Rochester. But back in the day, it was weak. shit. Pro- like motherfuckers in upstate is like, damn, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. True, prob- yeah. possibly. I but mean, I, I, I met some cool people up there, though. I mean, I I, I don't want to shit on upstate New York, right? You know? No, it's, it's, not. it's not. It's not New York, New York. You know, yeah, it's upstate. But it's, you know, I got a chance to meet some cool people, though. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was all right. So how was your season up there, man? Horse shit, bro. You said horse shit? Horse shit, bro. Why? That, that was the worst season I ever had. Why? Man, it was just, um, I didn't want to be there in the first place. Because what happened was this, um, and I talk about this in my book. In spring training, before we broke camp to even go to Batavia, I was on a different team. What I, team was you on? I was playing with the Spartanburg team. I was okay. supposed to go to uh, South Carolina. Okay. So in in spring, what happens in spring training, right? That's the farm. That's the base. And once you leave spring training, then you head off to perspective or perspective cities to go play your season. Right. So Florida or Arizona is usually where you know spring training is held. For us, it was held in Clearwater, Florida. So from Clearwater, you know we we held, we have spring training, and from there we dispersed to different cities. Uh, Martinsville was one. Batavia was one. Spartanburg, Virginia was another. Oh, I'm sorry. Spartanburg, South Carolina was another. Reading, Pennsylvania. And then you had Scranton, Pennsylvania. So in spring training, I was on the South Carolina Spartanburg team. I was the whole spring training. I played with these guys and developed relationships and was on that team. Okay. So when we got ready to break camp, I'm thinking I'm heading to South Carolina to Spartanburg. But the last minute, these motherfuckers sent me down to Batavia, right? Damn. So I'm already pissed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't play with the South Carolina team, the Spartanburg team, the whole spring training, and I developed relationships. And you know, now you sending me back on a team at the last minute with people I haven't played with and people I don't know. So I naturally went into the fucking season with an attitude problem. And I was the type of player, man, that I wore my um my heart or my feelings on my sleeve. Right. So if I was pissed off. You knew I was pissed off. Either I said it or I played a certain way. Yeah. To show you that I was pissed off. Yeah. And it and when I look back at it, it wasn't the smartest thing because at the end of the day, in baseball, you judged off your numbers. Right. And I was putting up shitty numbers because that was the only way I knew how to rebel. Sometimes it was, I didn't even want to fucking play. Sometimes I was dead tired where I came to the coach and said, Listen, I need the day off. My arm hurts. My back hurts. My legs hurt. I'm tired. Can I get a day off? And they, guess what? They would still put me in a lineup. And sometimes they would move me, uh, like when normally I would probably bat in the seventh and the sixth hole, but it seemed like those days I told them I was fucking tired, I needed a day off, I ended up batting um, in the number one slot. 
All right, so all right, so when you say like the six seven toe, meaning like you're like the six seven person to bat. Yeah, I'm like the six or seven. Oh, so batter. then the fuck around to put you at number one, the first batter. So here's the thing: when you like usually in the baseball game or normal nine in the game, you get like uh-huh. four at bats. Also in the game, you bat four times. Yeah, you usually get it maybe if 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 a game is a normal game, you probably get about four abs, right? And that's just you know what's abs at bat. Oh, okay, okay, right. So, but when you the leadoff batter, it's a good chance you're gonna probably get five at bat. Yeah, you're gonna get an extra AB. Maybe the first and second hitter gonna probably get an extra AB, so they may get five at bats. So the days I was tired, where I would go in and request a day off, and normally I would get four at bats. The days um, I went in there, they would move me up to the number one spot, and I would normally get five at bats. So if somebody's tired and they're asking you for a day off, don't you think giving them five at bats a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit too much? You know what I'm saying? Especially right. when he's requesting. So that was shit I was dealing with, bro. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. I don't know what it was with me where they feel like I could just handle any and everything, but they threw a lot of shit at me. Some shit I was able to deal with, some I wasn't. Damn. Yeah, man. That's crazy. So Super crazy. That second season, were they still showing you that love from being that first round pick or they was like, okay, yeah, we got a new uh we got a new pick in here, so we focusing on him. Nah, well, we did have a new pick come in, but the thing is, you know, I've always I guess I was still getting the same kind of love, you know, for being a first rounder, but I wouldn't even call it love. I would just say the same kind of attention, whether it be negative or positive. Because, yeah. you know, everybody doesn't like you, you know, when you're a first-round pick. Because I think I spoke about this on the last episode, is that you're the number one You're the number one pick. Everybody wants that spot. So it's not like everybody welcomed you with open arms. Right. You know, so it was a kind of mixture. You had the guys that did like you. You had some that envied you. You had some that wanted to be you. You got some that hated you. And that was the same thing with the coaching staff as well. That just, that's not just the players. You know, you got coaches that hate. Oh, hell that's yeah. That's another thing. <laughs> and Every, they, they can fuck you up long term. Yeah, and they career. got the power. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. The reason they hate is because you may be better than them. You know, oh, yeah, you, and they you, stuck coaching and shit. Yeah, they stuck coaching. You still got this <laughs> bright future headed where you can make millions, man. So, you know, I would just say, you know, in, in pro baseball and probably – you know, high school and little league, you know, you got to learn how to politic. Right. You know, and at every level, it's a different set of politics. And I suggest you learn that because if you don't, you won't go far in this game. I don't care how much talent you got because it really is not about talent once you start getting to certain levels. You talked about how you would always get positive press as a kid in high school and you didn't start mm-hmm. hearing shit, bad shit about you. Until you made it to the league. Right. Do you remember like a certain story that stuck out? You was like, damn, they said that about me. Something that like affected you. Like in a good way that was like, all right, you know what? What this motherfucker just said, you finna eat this these words. Or did it was like, man, maybe they write and and made you, you know what I'm saying? It didn't help him. It made things worse. Or is there a certain story that stuck out like, yeah, man, this dude said this. They wrote this shit about me or a headline. Oh, man, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, it, was a, it was a mixture of all that, bro. You know, yeah. um, I got some um, some certain press that, you know, it made me say, uh, I'm going to show them. Right. And then it, I got certain press that just fucking crushed me. But the thing is, to, if I'm being totally honest, it crushed me more than it motivated me. You know, I don't think, um, you know, once I started reading the, the bad stuff, I started to believe it because I believed the papers. You know, I believed right. them when they said I was the best, in the, you know, in the country. I believed them when they said I was the best in Chicago. I believed them when they said I was number one. So why wouldn't I believe them when they said I was trash? Right, right. Or when they said I wasn't living up to my expectations. You know, so, yeah, it fucked me up, bro, to the point where I wanted to quit. But at the end of the day, my mama didn't raise no quitter. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I had to just keep going and going and eventually it get better. But for me, um, it didn't because I could just never get over the mental part. You know, a lot of people think it was a physical thing for me that, you know, I didn't live up to certain expectations. That's not the case at all. I mean, I can play baseball in my sleep. Right. I was dealing with all type of mental shit and – I guess that's kind of one of the reasons for this podcast, just to give people some type of insight that 
when you see athletes going through certain things or they're not living up to the, their potential, it's not necessarily that they can't play on that level. It's not necessarily a physical thing. Probably nine times out of ten is more mental, you know, because if you don't have your mental right, I don't give a damn who you are. Right. You're not going to perform. If Michael Jordan go out there and he just got to fight with his wife and or, you know, just something he got his where his mind is preoccupied, he's not going to be able to give you that 30, that 40, you know, like he normally give you every night because his mind is preoccupied, right? Yeah, yeah. And so with me, um, my mind was, it stayed preoccupied because of the simple fact that I felt like I had to live up to so many expectations. You know what I'm saying? I had so much pressure on me and just going out every night trying to do things. Um, well, I wouldn't say do things, but play above my means and study just, you know, focus and, you know, stay within myself. It's what they actually teach you, you know, in baseball. Stay within yourself. Don't try to do too much. But I was the opposite. I was always trying to do too much because I felt like I had, you know, this pressure on me and everybody coming to see Jeff Jackson. Right. Yeah, so I actually forgot your question. <laughs> it was about the the negative press. Yeah. Like if there was a, a certain story that, like, stuck out. Nah, nah, it was, it was all of it, man. Like I said, I don't remember – well, the first thing I think I remember was something um, they wrote in Martinsville, I think after maybe a week of me being there. And like I told you, um, when I first got there, I was just trying to adjust and adapt. I wasn't really tripping about – well, I w of course I wanted to play, but at the same time, you know, just to set up, I guess, the scenery. Right. In my mind, I was just coming down there to learn. Right, right. You know, I didn't know what I was going into. I didn't know it was going to be four, 5,000 people at, at every game. So when they wrote the first article about me saying that I wasn't living up to the expe expectations and did the Phillies make a mistake by drafting me, that shit, like, whoa. Like, damn, yeah. did they did they make a mistake? Fuck. I've had times, man, where I second-guessed myself with right. shit, you know. Yeah. So they moved you to another team. Was it because you were – you started off, you know, rookie year, first team – so the uh, team that they moved you to was that like in the more advanced like like okay he has you know he got his feet wet he has his first season under his belt we gonna move him you know to better competition or it was, basically it was the same competition just another team another state. Well, they they didn't necessarily move me to another team. I think the question is that did they move me up through the ranks or whatever through the levels? Because once I left and went to another team. Um, it was because of the fact that they didn't they didn't protect me. They didn't they didn't want to, they didn't care. Cause what happens is um every year, and like I said, I'm speaking from a viewpoint of the nineties and the eighties. I don't know what's going on in the baseball world right now. So if I'm wrong, um I apologize. But back then, um what happened was once you um I guess become a member of the uh, major league roster, with, which is called the forty man roster. That uh, once that you, once they don't protect you, meaning they don't put you on the forty man roster, then uh, what happens is other teams can you know pick you up. They can oh, draft okay. you. They can actually draft you. Right? It's like in the winter draft. So here's a fun fact. I don't think a lot of people know this that I was actually a first round pick twice. I was a first rounder in 1989 with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. And then I went first round in the Rule 5 drive by the Seattle Mariners in 1995. What's the Rule 5 drive? Well, that's a drive where they have in a winner. It's not necessarily, you know, um, they don't necessarily sign uh, new players. What they do is they sign people or players from other organizations. Oh, okay. So, like, in the wintertime, if a person get released or they're not protected by the uh, by the organization. Oh, so I, somebody can come get them. Yeah, somebody them. can get oh, you, okay. and they have a whole drive for that. Oh, so they're basically, like, they're going to hire within versus right. trying to go and get new people and yeah. shit. Oh, okay, that's yeah, cool, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So All I right. went first round in, 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 in um, both, in, in the summer drive of uh, 89 and winter drive for 95. That's what's up. Because the thing is, I, um, we talked about this last time, the Seattle Mariners were actually interested in drafting me in 89, but um, they went with, um, I think, a pitcher. So when they had the time, when they had a chance to pick me up in 95, they jumped on it, bro. That's what's up. Yeah. Oh, well, shit, since you mentioned it up, we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. So Seattle picks you up. Where do you go and play at, and what's the name of the team? Well, they signed me to a AAA uh, contract. And um, All right, what's what's AAA? Triple uh, A is the next step under the major leagues. Okay, you know that's. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember it's like single, double, and triple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once yeah, you yeah, get AAA, yeah. you, your next stop is is the major leagues. You know, 
But uh, I had signed a AAA contract with those guys in the year 1995. And what was that contract like? I was it was nice and hefty, bro, for minor leagues back then. I think um, I I wish I had it in front of me because I don't want to misquote it, but I would say the contract was I, I want to say it was like for five grand a month. And this was back oh, in shit, damn. Yeah. Okay, in ninety five. Yeah, ninety five. It was like right. five grand a month, AAA. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and try to cut you off, but something we talked about the other day when we was cooling, and I asked you, I was like, all right, with them contracts, do you get paid year-round? Right. And then you explained it to me. So can you explain to the people about how you get paid in, well, the, in the minor leagues? Yeah, yeah. Basically, you just get paid per season. You don't get a uh, a check uh, all you know all year-round. You don't get paid in off-season. You know, and fortunately, um, towards – no, I don't want to say the end. I'll say the middle of my career um, – I discovered that you can get actually unemployment. Yeah, I didn't know you can get unemployment. So maybe the first three or four years, I didn't, I didn't even get unemployment in the off season. And um, once I found out, I was starting to tap in into that. But yeah, for the most part, you know, you only get paid per season. And the know. season is how many months? Oh, don't give me the line. Um, <laughs> shit, when it's, I six months maybe. I don't know. I think six seven months. I I haven't played in, in years, bro. I don't like okay. I say. I think it starts in uh. Well, spring training. Well, the major league spring training starts in February, and then a minor league spring training starts in March. Now, I think the average season ends in September, but if you make the playoffs, then you play up until October. So, right, right, okay. It's kind. It kind of ranges, right? So, um, yeah, you know, you don't really make a lot of money in the minor leagues, depending on who you are, how much time you got in. That kind of determines your contract. Uh, so at the time I was offered like five thousand a month. I think I probably had six years in already at that point. You know, by me being the first round, I kind of had a name for myself. And yeah, years, I was kind of like a a minor league star. Okay, and that's the crazy part because you know I never made the major leagues, but you would think I did because of I guess my uh, recognition, the recognition that I received. You know what I mean? And if you look at my notes, I have something to talk about right there: minor league fame. Right. I was talk oh, about okay. what that was yeah, like. Yeah, I already had crazy. it in my nose. <laughs> See, there it is. See, we're on the same. We're on the same level, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So with Seattle, where did you end up? Mm. Okay. So with Seattle, um, unfortunately, I was hurt that year. The year that they signed me, my shoulder was so fucked up. I mean, I couldn't throw a ball from here till. Oh man, I don't know, man. How did it get hurt? Well, I already had shoulder um, issues when I was with the Phillies. I had a few injuries when I was with the Phillies, but it was something that, um, you know, as an athlete, when you have injuries, you got to learn how to play through them. Right. And sometimes you got to play through them to the point where you almost kind of you're kind of acting, you know, because you're in pain, but you're not showing it. Mm -hmm. And for good reason, you're not showing it because somebody ain't going to take your damn spot. Not only that, man, somebody take your spot, but the organization will get rid of your ass fast. They're not yeah. going to pay somebody that's hurt, that's, got, that's injury prone, right? So um, I kind of like hid the fact that um, I even had a social shoulder for years, you know. Um, I, I spoke about this in my book where I took like maybe three or four Advil and the substance we call greenies back in the day, you know, in order to play so I wouldn't have any shoulder pain. So, by the time I got to Seattle, my shoulder was fucked up, and um, they were well aware of it. Um, I DH'd the whole spring training. I never played a chance. I never played what's, a game. What's DH? Designated hitter where I, I oh, batted okay. for the pitcher. That's the, the, I talk about that in the book, too. That's the benefit of being an American League where, you know, the pitcher doesn't have to bat, and you can usually put, a, like, a slugger, somebody who – a power hitter. You can put him up there in place of the pitcher. And with the Seattle Mariners, that's what I was doing. I was DHing the whole spring training because I had a sore shoulder and couldn't uh, play the outfield. So what happened was I think they kind of got wind of my shoulder being, like, really, really fucked up. And I, I was um, was going to require Tommy John surgery. And I never heard like, of that type of surgery. That's like a major surgery, man. They call it Tommy John because it yeah. was named after of, of a pitcher who had – he was the first person to undergo this type of surgery. It was kind okay. of pretty much a shoulder reconstruction, right? And so um, with that said, they suggested that I have that surgery, but it wasn't no guarantees that, you know, my shoulder was going to ever be the same. So I opted out of it. And like I say, Seattle was well aware of me having a shoulder problem. So – as a business move, they went ahead and released me because they knew I was making maybe 
Um, I was going to make $5,000 a, uh, a month that year and probably wasn't going to play too much because of my shoulder. So yeah. they made an um, uh, executive decision and they went ahead and released me that year. So I never got a chance to really play with Seattle during the season. Just But why did they pick training. you up if they already knew about the so- shoulder? Did they I, think it wasn't a serious? I don't think they knew. Like I said, oh, okay. I, I hit it. I hit it from the Phillies. The Phillies didn't even know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so when they – Saw my name come across the wire. They just jumped on me because they wanted me out of high school. Right. Because right? they had the number three pick. I want to say the second and the third pick. And they wanted me then, but um, the fact that I didn't go work out for them and do a pre-workout. Yeah, because the coaches was like, no, chill. Yeah, the yeah, coach told yeah, me to yeah. chill out, which was, I, I think it was genius, to be honest. Right, right. Yeah, so they had to. Just waiting to the drive, and you know, I fell where I fell, and you know, they paid me what they had to pay me. So, with Seattle, you was with them. You just did the spring training, right? I just, okay. yeah, I just did spring training with those guys. And the funny part is, once they released me, I didn't even get out the fucking locker room good. As I'm packing my bags in the locker room, one of uh, the trainers come up to me and tell me, uh, "You just got picked up uh, by the Anaheim Angels." Oh, shit. You know, I just saw Angel Stadium for the first time a few months ago. Really? Like, I was going somewhere, and I rode past. I'm like, oh. And then about a month and a half, I was going somewhere mm-hmm. else. I'm like, oh, there's Angel Stadium again. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I don't remember seeing that in the book. All right. Nah, so- it wasn't. It didn't even. Bro, I was over there for two weeks because my shoulder was still fucked up. So, oh, okay. what happened was um, in Arizona, uh, we didn't actually share a complex, but it wasn't too far from uh, each other, the Seattle Mariners and the Anaheim Angels complex was literally, I want to say, down the street. Like, very close. Very close. Okay. So, once I was released by Seattle, um, I had, like I said, the trainer came up to me and told me that Anaheim Angels picked me up. So, I just kind of, like, packed my bag and went right immediately over to the reporter to the Angels. And I don't even know if they knew my shoulder was fucked up. They just, You know, people just see my name come across the wild available. They were just jumping on me because of my reputation. Right. You know, they knew I was a five-star athlete, but they didn't have no idea that my shoulder was fucked up. So once Seattle let me go from, because of a fucked up shoulder, uh, the Angels jumped right on it, and they soon realized my shoulder was fucked up as well. And they let me go that year. So 95, I didn't even play. I ended up just sitting out. Okay, because I thought when you left Seattle, you went to the Pirates. Um, that was after what year? I, I was 98. So the, oh, okay. So we was talking about 95 just now. Yeah, that was just 95. So what okay. happened was after, you know, my shoulder was all fucked up in 95, I set out that whole year. And I and, and I needed the break, you know, because that was my first summer home since 1989. I hadn't spent the summer home since, what, six, five, six years. And right. I was, like, dying to be home in Chicago summer. With, with injuries and shit, the team, they cover all, like, the medical part, or is yeah. that on you? No, nah, hell no. Nah. They, okay. they take care of all that shit. All right, cool, yeah, cool. for sure. You get hurt on their clock, they get they get, they got to take care of that. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. So, speaking of, um, not to cut you off, GQ, oh, yeah, speaking yeah. of baseball, and I don't think we talked about fans, did we? Did we talk about the fans yet? We hadn't got to it, but shit, let's go ahead, man. Let's shout the people out. What you got for them? Well, you know, I just wanted to add a, I don't know if I want to say this is going to be a segment on every episode, but. You know, it's something that we probably going to mix in here and there. You know, whenever I do have fan mail, you know, I just want to take some time out and shout out the fans that actually took the time out to write me. And the only reason I'm doing that because they really did their due diligence to get my address because as far as I know, I don't have my address pup. Oh, they got the home address? Bro, I don't know how these people, (laughs) every time I move, they find me, bro. That's why I have P.O. boxes. I don't be having shit. Yo, fam, motherfuckers been following me for the past five or six, seven years, bro. Every time, I don't care, bro. Wherever I move, I can move to fucking Timbuktu. They gonna fucking find my address. Damn, that's what's up. It's crazy, man. But, you know, luckily, you know, these motherfuckers ain't crazy and ain't no stalkers and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? The most they do is just write me and, um, you know, request the autograph. So with that said, let me shout out some of uh, the fans that actually sent their fan mail. Okay. And, and so a question, do you have like any of the letters that you can just like kind of briefly read over to see what they're talking about? No, nah, I do got the letters, bro. But the thing is, they write, no disrespect to me, bro, I can't even understand this, man. 
I, I would sound fucking dyslexic reading this shit. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? If you send a letter, please send that shit in print. Man, or Prefer- type it. Yeah, I would say preferably just like type it on the computer and print that shit yeah. off or just use like print format when you're writing. Yeah, because some no of these, of- I can't even, I don't even, you know, I, I try to read the ones that I can, but some I can't read. I just fucking sign the card and just toss the letter, bro. I feel you. Yeah, get crazy. But shout out to... um. Chris Childress from uh, Danville, Virginia. Hey. Uh, your car is on the way, brother. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, shout out to Ross A. Brewer from Lebanon, Illinois. Okay. Shout out to Illinois, man. That's my um, home state. You know, I'm from Chicago, so. Yeah. I never heard of Lebanon, though. That's the crazy part. You know what's funny, man? My my family and shit is from Le- So, you know, people say, people say Lebanon, but <laughs> in the country, we say Lebanon. Lebanon? Lebanon, Kentucky. Oh, I never even heard of it. Yeah. Maybe that's what this is, Lebanon, Illinois. But it's, I, I just went with uh, Lebanon. Yeah, because of the country. I mean, I, that's, yeah. that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, but in the country, Lebanon. Yeah. And so shit, that's what's up. Shout out to Ross A. Brewer, man. Your uh, fan mail is in the mail. It's on, it's on its way soon. I'm probably going to send this out Monday. So Hell you should yeah. have it if you're listening. I doubt if you're listening, but if Oh, you yeah, are, not yet. Nobody knows about this yet. Yeah, but they will. So <laughs> Soon you will. Just shout them out anyway. Um, um, we'd sit out and shout out to actually Doug Edelman from uh, Potomac, Maryland. Dougie. Your car is on the way. I'm Dan May from uh, Mansfield, Connecticut. What's up, Dan? I got you, fam. Um, I signed your card. It's coming. Now, here's a name that's going. <laughs> and this dude got to be playing with. His name is Bill Van Van Verderding. Bill Van Verderding? Bill Van Verderding, bro. Look What's at this up? shit. He's from... Um, He's from, from Beaufort, Beaufort, Canada. Beaufort, Ontario, Beaufort, Ontario, Canada. Oh, that's what's up, man. Shout out to all the Canadians. How, how do you say that? You, you, how do you say that last name? Bernard? Van Byer. D- d- yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's crazy, right? What's up, Billy V? Yeah. There you go. Billy V. Billy V. Yeah, yeah man. Calling away from we, Beaufort. We don't know all that Canadian shit over here, yeah, man. It's yeah. all good, though. So imagine, you know, me trying to read his letter, if I can yeah. really read his name. <laughs> So I'm just shouting him out, bro. Right, hell yeah. So, um, all right, let's continue. Uh, PJ Ryan from Schumburg, Illinois. Yo. Another Illinois guy. Shout out to you, PJ. Your card is on his way. Bill Forwood from um, Grin- Grindale. Greendale. I'm sorry, I'm tripping. Greendale, Indiana. Never heard of it. But I ain't heard that one either. Greendale, Indiana. Bill Forwood. Shout, shout out to you, bro. Your mail is on the way. And last but not least, I know I'm finna butcher this name. Oscar... Uh, Kachin, Kach, Kachinski, Oscar, Oscar Kachinski. Big O, what's up, Oscar? Big O, Oscar Koch. We'll call you that, Oscar <laughs> Kachinski from uh, Somerville, Maryland. That's what's up. Yeah, That's man. what's up. So shout, to, shout out to you guys. Your mail, your your fan mail, or I guess your cars will be in the mail on Monday, so you should receive them shortly. Hell yeah! And then um, when you get some fan mail too, you have to put like, "Yo, P.S. Listen to the first round experience." Yeah, they got to check me out, man. No, hell yeah. I mean, if they're interested in, um, you know, behind-the-scenes baseball, this is the place to be, bro, because like I said on this podcast, we I can care less about fucking stats. I don't give right. a fuck. You know, I don't care about the on-the-field shit. You know, I'm here to talk about the off-the-field. Speaking of, like, off-the-field, that year that you didn't play, mm-hmm. what was you up to? Man, I wild the fuck out that year. I ain't gonna even lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna even. That was my first summer home in like four, five, well, five or six years, and I just chased girls and hung out with the homies, bro. Did you traveled. still? Did you still have the jeep? Yeah, of course. Going? I had the okay. jeep. Um, I traveled a lot. You know, my sister lived in Atlanta, so I spent a lot of time down there. I got a lot of friends down in Atlanta. Okay. So I hung out down in Atlanta a lot. Um, what else did I do? Did I? I think I went to Jamaica that year as well. Man, I love Jamaica. And actually, bruh, I was supposed to have been in Jamaica two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm going to keep it a bean with you, bro. Uh-huh. Um, I had a a fucked up experience when I was over there. What happened? Man, shit. If I tell you, you wouldn't believe me, bro. Some rosters tried to hem you up or something? Some rosters definitely tried to oh. hem me up. Bro. They tried to kill us over there, bro, me and my partner. What part was you in? We um, started off in Montego Bay. Okay, that's where I been. Yeah, we ended up in the grill, though. We had to escape um, Montego Bay Island and end up going in the grill and staying in a uh, five-star, like, all-inclusive hotel. I was supposed to have been in the grill two weeks ago at Sandals with a butler suite and all mm. that, but me mm. and no chick broke up, so. Wait, hold on. Was the trip paid for already? Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, so 
her peoples had got was getting married. Right. But it got rescheduled because of COVID and shit. Okay. So she had paid for the room and everything, and they upgraded her for free to a little butler suite and everything. Nice. So, you know, she told me about it. We were supposed to go. I'm like, ah, right, yeah, you know, just let me know how much I need to give you for it. We never got to that point, but I was going to give it a shit, but then we ended up, like, breaking up or whatever, and I was like, damn, I'm supposed to be in Jamaica right now. Damn. But I don't care. I'm going to Thailand in two weeks, and that's way better. I, hey, man, if I had my pa- yeah. Are you on a passport? Nah, bro. Ah, bro, you tripping. My bro, my little bro clown me all the time about that because he, he's a straight-up jet setter. I mean, this motherfucker stay out the country. Me too, man. Damn. Yeah, he telling me. But it, I, here's the funny part. I never got my passport because I didn't want to leave the country, uh-huh. especially with everything going on because I was scared to leave and not be able to get back. Right. So I was like, I'm not going to even set myself up or put myself in that position to be out the country. So- you know, if anything crazy go down, whether it's COVID or who knows, man. You know, this we we living in times where you can wake up tomorrow and it's a whole another pandemic or it's a whole another type of tragedy tragedy situation. So I was like, let me just stay close to home. You know, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't have no plans on leaving the country, but now I'm kind of rethinking that situation. I think I probably just need to get it. Yeah, but you had to have a passport back then to go to Jamaica, didn't you? Or nah. just I, oh, you can just go with the ID, bro. You just show up. With your idea and you was oh, good. Oh, see, I didn't. Oh, yeah, back yeah. in the 90s, it was more lenient and shit. Yeah. I thought you had to have a passport no, and shit sir. around that time. Because I knew you can go to Mexico with just an ID. I didn't know you can go to Jamaica and shit with. Oh. Now, do you need a uh, passport to go to Mexico now these days? Or yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. Really? Because I just went to Tijuana. Like Even for Tina Wana? Hell yeah. And now with COVID, what they doing, like they flagged me and my homegirl. And shit. So we we in a room. It was like a holding cell, and they were, it was all the Americans and shit. So nah. what they doing to finesse your ass? You need to buy a visa that's like thirty dollars. It's good for like three months or six months or some shit. So is a, a visa is different from a passport. Yeah, yeah, it's different. So the visa is just you know you can with the visa I can, can go work. I can go uh, no this is the tourist visa I can okay. go back and forth for six months and I won't have to pay no extra money. I mean all, all I need to do is show my passport and I'm good. Okay, see. So, I'm lost already. So what's the passport for then if you need a visa? To gain entry into the country. The visa's only for some COVID shit because they they kind of broke. So they're oh, trying to get okay. some extra money. That's the only reason why they're doing this shit. Gotcha. It's a COVID visa. Okay. But other than that, you just need the passport. So they had us hemmed up and shit. I was like, yo, I feel like we in a, in a jail, holding cell type shit. That's crazy. And man. yeah, they asked us some questions. What we came to do where it was like, yeah, the visa. It was like, nah. So, yeah. But yeah, because when I was a little kid, we went to Cancun and all we had was like a little school ID and shit. Yeah. So yeah. I thought you had to have the uh, passport to go to Jamaica. So what year did you go? This is 95. Yeah, this was the year oh, that okay, I was yeah. off for the summer. I, I, this was my first time home in, in so long. That I might have to look and see when they switched it up where you had to have a passport to get that motherfucker. Man, I'm sure it's been a... It's been a, It's probably been a while. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm out of touch with a lot of stuff, bro. I don't even watch TV. You know, yeah. so it's weird that I got a podcast and... Yeah. You know, I really don't keep. That's what you're here for, though. You keep up with all the, you know, the latest, um, I guess, entertainment and stuff that's going on because, you know, for me, it's just easier that way. You know, right? I think once you start to cram your mind with all this stuff that's going on in the world, it kind of puts you in fear. You know, it has you. Um, I don't know. I guess in a place to where you kind of feel like you can't be yourself. You know what I mean? It's like you know you when. You, when you're surrounded by fear and you all you see is fear on on the news or television every day, then it starts to seep into your psyche. Right. So therefore, I don't watch a lot of TV, man. I kind of like try to be, um, I guess, a clean slate when I'm out in the world. I don't want to have no type of prejudgments. So a lot of stuff I don't really watch. I feel that. Yeah, it's crazy. When you was on the off season, was you getting? work done on your shoulder like training like therapy or you were just chilling like oh it'll feel better man i was chilling i figured like if i didn't use it for a while it'd heal up on its own i probably did a little cord work what they mean you know rubber band work where you probably put that shit on like a door knob or something and you know do a few shoulder exercises but i didn't i didn't do nothing crazy i didn't go to no major rehab you know anything like that yeah i just figured like if i need to, if i rested it'd get better LA. You know, so, but um, yeah, man, um, you know, my experience is one thing, but one thing about this show is, you know, hopefully in the near future we can get some other guys on and give their perspective. You know, I got a 
particular guy in mind that I want to have on the show as my first guest, a guy by the name of Brian Taylor. I think we talked about him um, off camera. I'm not sure if we talked about on the last podcast or not, but this guy is a good friend of mine, and um, he was actually the uh, number one pick in the draft. He was the first-round pick in 1991 for the New York Yankees. He was the first guy to uh, break the bank, bro. He was the first guy to want to get a million dollars. Hey, hey. You know, he got, and, you know, on top of that, he was a black, he was a brother. A million-dollar contract or, like, signing bonus? Signing bonus, bro. Oh, so we got a million up front plus. Just to sign on the dollar Damn. line, brother. 1.5, brother. Plus, oh, okay, the salary. 1.5, yeah. Well, that's yeah, a, we need I, to get him on. Yeah, here. we got to get him on, man. I want to hear his story, man, because, um, you know, I'm not going to get y'all too much because, like I said, well, I want to get him on the story and I want him to share that. But he was uh, out, he was amazing, man. He uh, was a guy who was um, – just like a five-star athlete or a five-star recruit or, you know, he was the guy, you know, and he had a bright future ahead of him. And like I say, he was one of the first guys to get – well, he actually changed the um, the pay scale, you know, because after him then um, I think they started signing a few more other people for a million dollars, but he was the first. And, you know, he had this promising career and, you know, he was a great athlete, great talent. And unfortunately, one off season, you know, he ended up injuring his shoulder, you know, helping his brother out in the fight. You know, uh. so, you know, regardless of how much money he had, you know, he was keeping it real. You know, he wasn't going to let nobody just, you know, mess with his brother. Right. So he ended up um, injuring his shoulder, and unfortunately he ended up, um, you know, his career kind of like, I don't want to say went downhill, but he was ever he was never the same again. But good friend of mine, Brian Taylor, uh, I'm actually going to reach out to him Let's do uh, it. this weekend or this week, and hopefully we can have him on the show for the next episode. But if we don't have him, just know that I'm working on it, and you know, if we can't get him, I'm gonna reach out to a few more of my buddies and go try to get them on the show, bro. You know, so like yeah, I said, yeah. they can share their experience as well because, you know, I think people can learn from my story, but you know, once they hear, you know, from other perspectives, uh-huh. you know, I think they can get a better grasp of, you know, what we're trying to really do here and the, and the knowledge we're trying to share and spread. Hell yeah, to our listeners. I'm with it. Yes, sir. So yeah, for the next episode, what we can do, we can pick up off, and then we we talking about how you was on a on a break, you know, for injury, and then we can pick up about the next team and how that went. Yeah, some other little shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, bro, we here, we yeah. here now, so it's a lot of shit we gonna talk about. I, I look at it as like inning number one, inning number two. You know okay. what I'm saying? I look at this shit as like baseball terms and all that shit. Right. So, hell yeah. Hell well, yeah. yeah I, I like that, man. So, shit, we in just the first inning right now. We still got eight more. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, man. I Like I say, bro, I I just appreciate you, you know, taking your time out because, you, first of all, you got your own podcast, which is the Fresh Podcast, and you still find the time to come over and help me and yeah, co-host my show. And I just want to let you know it's appreciated, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. So thank you for, you know, giving me the idea of being like, oh, let's do this together. I was like, shit, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, right now, this is only episode two. I think by the time we get to the 10th episode, man, we're going to be well polished. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And sky's the limit, bro. I don't, You know, I, I see this going, you know, to the moon and back. You know what I mean? Right now, it's yet to be seen, but I'm really enjoying uh, this podcast, you know, right now, especially, like I said, it's the second episode, and, you know, the first one was cool, but I think we get better and better as we go. So, looking forward to, you know, the 9th and the 10th and 11th and, you know, so on and so on. Yeah, and you can find me on on Instagram at GCUE502. Yes, sir. And then you can catch me out on a fresh podcast. That's fresh with three H's. I'm literally on every platform: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of them. Audio Boom. The Boom. Okay, yeah. And you can catch me at the uh, Jeff Jackson Story on Instagram. If you're interested in the book or you're interested in some merch, first round sports apparel, you can go to the JeffJacksonStory.com. Cop your book. Three versions. I got the autograph copy. I got the regular paperback copy, and I got the ebook. And like I said, I have hats available over there as well. Um, first round apparel hats, sweatshirts, and um, and t-shirts. So, anything? Any last words, brother? I think this was um, 
cool episode. I'm good for you right know. now. You good? Yeah, I'm saving my all my questions for the next episode. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hey, man, I appreciate everybody tuning in. You guys, be sure to check out the next episode, episode three. Uh, we should be shooting that soon. Yeah, man, and I, I appreciate everybody from tuning in. And, you know, I'm just going to leave y'all with this, man. You change your mindset, you change your life. You know what I'm saying? So with that said, uh, take care. We'll see y'all on the second ep- on the third episode. I'm sorry, this yeah. is the second episode. We'll see y'all on the third episode, man. And, yeah, it's been real. So I guess we'll talk to you guys next time. That's right. All right, now. Peace. Hit, hit home run, bitches. <laughs> Peace.